Welcome to Success Secrets, the podcast where we dive into the inspiring stories of individuals who have overcome obstacles and achieved remarkable success in their professional lives. Join us as we sit down with entrepreneurs, executives, and trailblazers from diverse backgrounds who have broken down barriers and shattered glass ceilings. We explore their journeys, strategies, and insights and learn how they've navigated the challenges, persevered through setbacks, and reached their goals. Get ready to be inspired and empowered by the powerful stories of resilience, determination, and discover their secrets to success. We are excited to kick things off with our first ever season called Women in Fintech. In this captivating series, we will uncover the secrets to success from some of the most influential women in the fintech industry. Today, we're thrilled to have Janthana, the CEO and founder of Tapali, a pioneering force in the fintech industry. Janthana's Tapali has received prestigious awards such as Innovator of the Year at the UK Fintech Awards and Technological Development at the European Business Awards. Her company specializes in tailored commercial insurance for micro SMEs and freelancers, and it's also a driving innovation globally with white-labeled SaaS solutions. Recognized as Insurance Woman of the Year at the Women in Finance Awards and listed amongst Forbes' top 100 women founders to watch, Janthana is a true industry leader. With a background as a chartered accountant and former audit director at top-tier investment banks, she brings extensive expertise to fintech. So, without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to the show, Janthana. It's such a pleasure to have you on. Um, So, just so we can kick things off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got interested in the fintech industry? Thank you so much, Lizzie, for having me today. I'm, you know, like ex- so excited to be having this podcast session with you. Um, I have a very diverse background. I was born in Thailand, raised in Sweden, and I have lived here since year 2000. And before Tapley, I was chartered accountant working for top tier banks like UBS, Deutsche Bank, JP Morgan, um, and my first financial background have really proven to be essential for my role as CEO of Tapley. So any skill and experience that I have accumulated during my time at investment investment bank really helps me. Amazing. Amazing. So it's it's so interesting that you were born in Thailand and you lived in um, Sweden. Can you tell us a bit about how, how your life was in Thailand? Um, well, um, to be honest, you know, I come from a very humble background where my family live in the northeast of Thailand and we were one of the poorest family in the area. So that's basically, you know, like, um, my former life, I would say, but I was very lucky to have been raised in Sweden, got some Swedish education and also support from the government to be able to continue my study. Oh, that's so amazing that you've had the opportunity to get out of essential, I guess it was poverty, right? And yeah. create a life for yourself. It's it's such a privilege. And I'm sure your family in Thailand must be very, very proud of you. Yes, they are. <laughs> 
so regarding Tapali, how did you come up with the idea for your company and, and what inspired you to start your own business? Um, I founded Tapali seven years ago with my co-founder, Sam Hopkins, uh, who head up the uh, technology side. And Tapali came about at the back of my own personal experience when I was trying to find insurance for my Airbnb letting property. And in 2016, this type of activity were not recognized by home insurance and therefore not covered by their standard, you know, home uh, letting um, insurance cover. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, yeah, you was looking to rent out Airbnb, but it wasn't, nothing like that was available. So you're like, oh, you was probably looking in the market and thinking, oh, hang on, hang on a second. Why is there not something like this already? And that's exactly. where it was born. Oh, I love that. It's always, about, it's always in the gap of the market and, and thinking about different areas. I love that. Yes. Um, can you share a time when you faced a significant challenge in your business and how you overcame it? So I think, you know, like we have had so many challenges, to be honest, since inceptions. Um, and I think primarily because we were one of the pioneers, when we first started, there were only a couple of insurtech companies out there. Um, so we have, you know, like um, a struggle, I would say, to get all of our partners, investors on board, because we have to tell people our concept when there was no benchmark out there and the you know customer uh, awareness of our brand were not there customer awareness uh, around our product was not there um, neither is uh, and the same thing could be said about the kind of across the board stakeholders um, and and therefore you know it take longer for us to persuade people to join us um, so that's like challenge number one. And then, of course, you know, in the last couple of years, we have had um, the, you know, like several turbulence in terms of the economic, um, economically and um, politically. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've gone through, you know, Brexit and then we have COVID pandemic. And then, of course, you know, like uh, generally insurance as an industry were heavily impacted by the whole, um, you know, Brexit, COVID and all the um, high loss ratio or claims that happening during the last couple of years. So we have to face that head on. Um, so securing capacity, securing investment to fund and run our business is significantly harder in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, like scale our business without sufficient funding, that is phenomenally difficult, um, especially, you know, like, uh, especially Tapley, where we raise a small amount of cash um, at the beginning of our process. Although we managed to raise, you know, a couple of smaller rounds, but the money isn't really enough for us to like scale it enough to sustain our business to you know so that we um can re- can be in the business for longer and but this year actually there is a lot of changes which i will tell you a little bit later about it which i believe is going to really um it's going to be a game changing for tapley Oh, that sounds really exciting. And I'm glad, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that it's going to be a game changer. It sounds like it, it could yeah. be really good. Um, in terms of 
I know you mentioned about investment and, and getting funding and everything. Um, would you say, for example, like what are the biggest barriers that you face as a female founder in fintech and business? Would you say that it could be getting funding or and how, and how have you managed to overcome them? Yes, I think, yes, that is probably for a specifically female um, founder. You may find that, you know, finding investment from VC may be a little bit difficult. And according to Harvard Business Review, women-led startups receive less than 3% of all ventures capital investment. And that says a lot about, you know, like the difficulty that we will um, encounter. Obviously, um, raising money is hard generally, but it's harder if you are, you know, like single woman running a startups. Yes. Oh um, <laughs> yes. And I think, you know, like you just have to be good at networking. You just have to be good at building relationships, being liked by people and showing consistency and resilience. I think you need to have that so that people can buy into you initially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it's really really interesting that you said less than three percent of VC funding goes to women. It's it's very shocking actually, um, and clearly there's a, a barrier there that women are facing to get ahead in in the industry and, and to start their own businesses. Um, and I've actually spoken to a, a few people previously, and they said some of the reasons they don't want to even start their own business is because of the lack of funding that they would get, and it seems almost impossible for yeah. them. Yes. You just have to be mindful that you have to be financially uh, quite stable when you start as a woman and you have to raise a lot more money upfront and give away more um, shares in order to make sure that, you know, like you can um, stay uh, you or your business can survive throughout the whole uh, startup launch and prove your concept pre- period. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm lucky enough that I'm, uh, we've got a self-funded business, so we don't didn't need any investment, but I can understand some of the struggles, uh, extreme struggles that women that require investment would face in this. Um, yeah. okay. And it's also depending on what type of woman you are in as well. If you are in technology where it would take a couple of years for you to build a technology. So, you know, like, and, uh, shown proof of concept, those kind of business would be in incredibly hard for women because we would get money only when we have proved uh, the concept. And mm-hmm. in most cases that you have to start making money. And in some cases you have to start being profitable before you can get external funding. And, you know, if you are in deep tech or in technology company where it would take you 20, 30 years to reach the kind of maturity of the uh, maturity level, I'm talking about being self-funded for years to come. And many oh. of us cannot afford that. I mean, Tapley's classic example, uh, Sam and I are very committed to this course and we spend all of our resources on this business. And we've been more or less bootstrapping um, in the last seven years. So, um, so that's, you know, the level of commitment that we must have. And we knew this from the beginning. Mm, mm, absolutely. Wow, that's that's really interesting. And and for a business like yours, if it's technological, I'm sure it does require a lot of yeah. capital as well. Absolutely, yes. Um, just out of curiosity for listeners that are, are looking for investment and they are women, what would you recommend that they do in terms of how they could 
get most likely get investment from investors? Yes, Um, I think networking very early on. um, And then, of course, make sure that you got all KPI to be able to show your tractions. A lot of people would buy into the opportunities, talents. They buy into the person who run the business. So make sure that you come across well, make sure that you are well prepared to all the investors meeting and make sure that you've got, you know, evidence to back up your progress. Mm -hmm. I love that. So what you're saying is people buy into people, right? So you have to put yourself out there and and make yourself presentable and, and just be a good person and, and prove your worth. Exactly. I love that. I love that. Uh, and following on from this, what you've mentioned, what role do you think mentorship and networking play in the success of female entrepreneurs and, and women in fintech in general? Um, it's essential that we have, you know, mentorship and support for women in business in general. I think it's because um, a lot of women need encourage, encouragement and advice throughout their career. As you know, you know, like one of the biggest challenges for entrepreneurs is problem solving. So we need to solve a lot of problems and many of them we don't really know how and many of them we don't have resources to do. So we need that ecosystem and network to be able to source any resources that we need from the right people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mentoring could be a great way to uh, up your skills. Um, they can help you tap into the network that you don't currently have. They can even help you grow your business and bring any resources that you're lacking. So there's fantastic. And more importantly, you know, like when it's come to kind of um, self-improvement, they can um, really help you learn and up skills. I love that. So leaning on to people who have been through that journey already and, and taking yeah. advice from them and uh, learning from them as well. I think that's that's really essential. And for women that, because there are companies out there and, and because the industry is predominantly male dominated, how would you recommend a woman go about finding a mentor? Because it can be difficult. Yes. Um, I wouldn't say that, you know, like by luck. So 50% luck and 50% you have to know what you need. Mm-hmm. So let's say that, you know, like, and most of the time, you know, you're going to need more than one mentor because everyone have their own expertise and skills um, that they bring to the ta- table. And you may need, uh, you may have several gaps that you have to bridge. Um, and often, you know, you need multiple mentors to be able to offer that um knowledge so that you can bridge your gaps so Mm -hmm. always know what exactly you want are you looking for somebody who can you know like help you tap into a certain industry then you need industry thought leader and expert if you want somebody who can help you with fundraising then you need somebody in vc or investor that have done you know raise exit their business successfully i love that yeah, so think, figure out what it is that you want from someone, and um, it doesn't necessarily mean you just have to have one. You can lean yeah. on to a few different people who have expertise in different areas, right? Exactly. I love that. Okay. And what advice, if you could give advice to women that are just starting out in fintech or tech, um, what advice would you give to women who are starting their careers in this industry? Yes, I think for start you have to be brave. 
you know, I know it's going to be um, uh, a scary when you start a business. Um, there's a lot of unknown, uh, unknown. So start it anyway. And then, of course, be prepared to learn enough skills. So self-improvement is, I'm talking about daily, you have to have, have skill and solving problems. And then the last part is being resilient. Whatever happened, you know, just stood by it if you th- and believe in what you do and have fun, you know, always have fun. If you feel like you don't have fun, then maybe you're not in the right profession or you're mm-hmm. not doing, you know, what you love. And if you're not passionate enough, you're not going to be able to wake up in the morning and going through all of those challenges that entrepreneurship will throw at you. Oh, that's so good. So um, love what you do. Uh, and I think that's really important as well, because that will show up as your when you're working, you'll show up on your passion and you'll really enjoy it. I, I feel yeah. like I wake up every day and I feel like um, I'm just so excited to work and, and I feel like it is really my passion. And yeah. I feel like if you're passionate in something, then you're going to put a hundred percent in. Um, and you mentioned about self-improvement every day. What areas of self-improvement do you recommend? Like what, what, what do you mean in self-improvement? I think it's depend on individual and what they need. Generally, it would be anything from wealth, you know, like, um, and that would be related to how you make money, how you bring the opportunities into your life, and so on, so on. And then you have the kind of personal aspect, which um, have something to do with your health, your relationship with other people, um, your quality time, and things like that. Self-care, basically. Mm -hmm. Self-love, self-care for the personal side. And then, of course, um, being the very person that would attract all the opportunities and wealth into your life. Mm-hmm. I love that. So it's all about feeling good inside and then you attract the good on the outside as well. Yeah, That's really good. Yeah. And, and I couldn't agree more about self-improvement because it's, it's so essential, especially for your mental health as well. And yeah. for you to show up as confident every day and, and to give it your all, it's, it's, it's essential yeah. self-care. Absolutely. Um, another question I had for you is diversity inclusion. Um, how important would you say uh, DNI diversity and inclusion is in the fintech industry, and and how can we work to improve it? Yes, I think diversity and inclusion are crucially important in our line of business, and the reason for that is because of our customer base. Majority of fintech business, you know, like our product target a very broad range of customers. Um, And therefore, you know, like having diversity and inclusion embedded onto your DNA or uh, the company value will help the company better serve their customer of, you know, kind of diversity background. Um, And also it can help with um, improve innovation internally because company or, you know, like, it could improve business decisions and sales. Mm-hmm. And I think there were several studies out there to show that companies that have um, diversity and inclusion as part of their uh, mission statement perform better than their peers. So mm-hmm. that there are, you know, KPI and metric to show that this is important and it's had like financial results. Yeah, absolutely. There, there are many studies that show that um, companies that have a more diverse team 
um, and, and more women on their board outperform those that just have, for example, an all white male board. Uh, yes. And the proof is there. And if you want to grow your business and get more revenue in, then d- diversity is the way forward, isn't it? Yeah. So it's just not, it's not just a nice to have, it's an essential if you want to have a successful business. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, regarding you as a founder, what do you consider to be your biggest accomplishment? Um, I think as a founder, um, there's two levels, actually. Um, the, uh, the kind of internal level is that you know, I'm so proud to have built Tapley and that we are so resilient as a company that we can withstand any challenges posed by pandemic, um, economic fluctuations and political turmoil that we have been exposed to in the last seven, eight years. So this is, you know, like the achievement of the founder. And then, of course, you know, externally um, or publicly, I felt like we have accomplished a lot and all the uh, award recognitions that um, that we receive really helps, you know, like um, we really help uh, us to um, give us a confident boost to know that we are doing the right thing and that people acknowledge our uh, accomplishment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, and what do you, um, in terms of your business and, and success, how do you measure success in your business and, and what metrics do you track? Um, I think, you know, that's again, two part internally, I would say, you know, kind of, uh, we've got standard business KPI that we measure, like anything from, uh, return on investment, uh, conversion, growth rate, customer satisfaction, and then stop turnover among others. Um, and then externally, you know, like we look at um, public recognitions, like all the awards that have been nominated, um, all the um, articles that we publish and how much traction we get for, to, uh, for those. So mm-hmm. those are the kind of things that we look at. Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing. Uh, and um, in terms of your, since starting your business, what are the some what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned um, from from your entrepreneurial journey? I think if I can do one thing different as a founder, I would say I would raise more money at the beginning and not worry too much about dilution. <laughs> because when you start a business, you know you don't have an asset, you don't have anything that is worth uh, ring fence. It was you need to have built something that is worth something, you see. So while you're doing it, um, just make sure that you raise as much money as you can and grow your business as fast as you can. Um, and of course, for first-time founders, you may want to do some research about, you know, like VCs and investor group. Make sure that you secure backing from very strong VC and investors who can support you and make follow-up investment because that's important for you. Okay, great, great. And um, can you share a time when you took a risk in your business and how it paid off? (laughs) Yes, I think, you know, like taking risks is something that we do daily, I would say, you know, like (laughs) as part of being a founder. Um, 
But I think, you know, like um, generally setting up Tapley was um, a big risk for me personally. Um, and I felt, you know, like although we are not yet close to exit, but we make such a great progress that I feel like we, you know, I have succeeded in setting up a successful business. So mm-hmm. that's basically how I felt about my business today. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the biggest risk that you took in your business was actually starting it, right? Exactly. How old were you when you started it? Um, I was in my, you know, 30s mm-hmm. when I started it. So, mm-hmm. yes. Interesting. And what was, what in terms of risk did you feel like, like, in terms of taking the risk, like what, what were you most scared about? Uh, I think financial risk, mm-hmm. opportunity risk. So, you know, I wasn't sure whether I would be successful um, and how long it would take and, you know, like what's the financial impact of that. Um, but I have no regrets. Yeah. It's yes, going uh, into the fear of unknown, isn't it? Not knowing what's going to happen because you're giving up. You had a very well high paid job in, in a big bank right. and it's giving up that and the comfort of having the normal every month security of, of an income. It's I'm sure it must have been a big risk and, and, and must have been very scary. I mean, for me in, as well, it was very scary taking the risk to start my own business. But like you, I have no regrets and it was the best decision I ever made. Yes, that. That, you know, I feel exactly the same way. Yeah. And I feel like if you really want something in life, like if you're going to get anywhere in life, then you have to embrace risk, I would say. Yes. No, um, I think um, you need to be willing to risk it, to win it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You, have to, you have to be willing to risk to win. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So what's next for you and Tapley and, and what are you most excited about? Um, yes, we've got a grand plan this year. <laughs> um, for start, you know, we've got a couple of new uh, capacity provider or insurers on board, which we are currently working. Um, we're going to be able to offer fantastic product. We have expanded our breadth and the width of our product range as we, as you know, like so that we can cover more customer this year, as well as we are in the process of integrate. Uh, AI technology onto our um, platforms. So hopefully, you know, like by the end of 2024 or early 2025, our platform would turn into an AI um, enabled platforms end to end. I mean, or as much as we could. Can I just say that sounds really, really cool. That's, that's amazing. I love that already. That's, that's that's honestly genius, and I find like AI is really really taking over technology. Not in terms of what we can do with it and how we can make it more efficient and, and effective, yeah. and and also to our customers and clients as well. Oh, yeah. that's that's amazing. So when when is it most likely to be implemented? Uh, it, the the implementation is ongoing. We're working mm-hmm. on it, and I think toward the end of next year, we should be able to test it and then probably launch first thing in 2025. Wow. But between now and then, it doesn't mean that we can't implement part of it. So it's going to be, you know, kind of in stages where mm-hmm. we would release AI capability in certain part of our process and then fully com- um, 
include in our end-to-end process by 2025. Very exciting. So it's a work in progress at the moment. Yes, it is. Yes, wow. we do, we're working on it every day. So wow, very exciting. I'm looking forward to keeping up to this, keeping up to date with all of this. Yes. Um, another question for you as a founder: How do you manage to stay motivated and focused every day? <laughs> that is probably one of the hardest thing I think to be consistent. First of all, you have to be really, really focused on what we do and really passionate about what you do daily. And then you have to keep it up there. And that is very hard. You know, um, I would say uh, I got my daily routine. I would say um, I got kind of, you know, affirmation that I tend to do for myself and is around how I need to be in order to attract all of those abundance in my life. Um, and that's something I always have in mind. You need to be in a very high positive energy to attract all of this opportunity and good things in life. And um, so, you know, I try to make sure that I stay uh, kind of above that threshold. Um, so that's something I do. And then, of course, I make sure that I eat well, I sleep well, I have, you know, like um, good uh, quality time with friends, family, and that um, I conduct life in such a way that would enhance me every day. So every day I need to be better than the day before, if that makes sense. So that's kind of the whole self-care, self-improvement is something that I practice daily. I love that. So it's all about making sure you're in a positive mindset and, and doing your affirmations and, yes. and doing the fitness and eating healthy, just really looking yeah. after yourself so your body is, is happy, right? Yes, exactly. But you have to have clarity about, you know, the, your value, uh, things that make you happy. You need to know what you want to achieve. Clarity is so important, both, you know, in terms of business, where you are heading and also personally, where like your achievement from both business and personal, it has to be crisper, clear to you so that you can achieve them. And then you, you have to make sure that you have integrity. Your integrity have to be completely intact because there will be time where you know, fear would get to you and you need to do something and you just postpone, postpone, and postpone. And that's when you really need to kick yourself and say, look, you know, I'm a woman with good value and integrity and I have to upkeep and withheld this uh, or upkeep this regardless of challenges I, I encounter daily. So that's the kind of new mindset that you must have to be yeah. able to get through all of these challenges and consistently throughout your um, startup career. Yeah. So essentially being your own coach to yourself and saying, this, yeah, yeah, I love yeah. that. And yeah. and I, I completely understand about the procrastination because I, uh, I tend to do that a lot, but I have, thankfully I've got a team that know that I, I do procrastinate, like my assistant, for example. And I'm like, you have to be on it with me. You have to make sure I'm doing mm-hmm. this, I'm doing that and, and kick me up the ass. <laughs> yeah. You need that. Yes, really. yeah. So you're having a good support system around you is really essential. Yes, I've got um, very good task management tool that I use that remind me every day of things that I need to do. <laughs> oh, yeah? What's it called? But, um, no, I use Asana. But, you oh, know, yeah, yeah. Asana is really good. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. It's quite convenient and is, you know, like one of the lowest costs uh, to use. I like that. And I have certain things that I do each day. For example, I got alarm for every single meeting and everything that I need to do is in my calendar. So that mm-hmm. I know, that, you know, if I completed everything on my a uh, on my um, 
uh, list of things to do or my calendar, I should be able to um, keep up with all the tasks that I need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Having an alarm, keeping up to date with Asana. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just keeping everything on your calendar. Because I think if it's not in your calendar, then you can you easily just get distracted, don't you? Yeah, me, it would not get done. I keep telling everybody, you know, if you want me to do something, put them in my calendar. If not, then it won't happen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, everything needs to go in the calendar. Um, okay, fantastic. And if you could give yourself... If you could give your twenty-year-old uh, self one piece of advice, what would it be? I would say, you know, like be fearless, um, and uh, knowing that everything would be fine. Just don't be scared. I used to be scared, you know, like in my teen, I used to be uh, scared that I, you know, won't be good enough. I would uh, procrastinate because fear of failure and all sorts. But today, I think I know better. Today, mm-hmm. I, I know that if I really put my mind uh, and want to do something, I will surely make sure that I see that through. I love that. Be fearless and be fearless, yeah, be fearless and just go for it, right? It's, exactly. I think it's really important because as a young, a young woman and someone that's just starting out in their career or just starting a business for the first time, I think people are very scared to put themselves out there and, and just be fearless and just go for it exactly cool that's a really good piece of advice I love that so we're just coming to the end of the podcast now Jantana I just have a few quick fire questions to ask you uh what's your favorite book (laughs) I rarely um I don't have enough patience to read books sadly so I haven't read books in years I wouldn't be able to recommend anything uh, recently, but I'm writing a book as we speak. Oh, you are? Tech. Yeah. So this time next year, you should be able to buy it. Hopefully. What is it about? Your is an autobiography of you? Uh, no, it's about InsurTech, about ah, you know, okay. like a founder that's setting up um, InsurTech business. Ah, I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. You should definitely do an autobiography of you one day. I'd love to read it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. It's in. Um, I think you know. I plan to do it when I have more time. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think it'll be a, such an inspiring story. Um. Okay. Favorite food. Um. Favorite food. I would say you know like anything spicy. So anything Thai food spicy. is fantastic. Yes. Som-tum. Yes. Exactly. So <laughs> that that is my. Um. That that would say you know, like, but I don't dis a I don't discriminate. So I love spicy food. It could be Chinese spicy food. It could be anything as long as you know it's got a bit of chili flavor. Yeah. Chili garlic is my chili garlic. Yeah, yeah. and exactly. like oh yeah, anything with flavor, yeah. right? And spice. Exactly. That's yeah. that's so my ideal of um, yes. good food. Mm-hmm. I agree on that. I agree on that. Uh, and what's your favorite quote? Uh, to be honest, you know, like I was looking this up yesterday. I got so many um, quotes that I have previously put on several articles. And um, I, this morning, I just completely lost it and I can't come up with one. <laughs> so I may have to, you know, like skip this one for, for no today. No worries. No worries. Favorite country? Again, um, I've been to many places and many of them are 
fantastic. I think depend on what I want to do. If we're talking about ski, for example, you know, I've been to Whistler in Canada. It was fantastic. I've been to Japan. It was amazing. France, mm. um, you know, like Switzerland, you name it. So it's not like one country. I think mm-hmm. even diving, I'm a, uh, you know, like I'm a, um, I am a diver. So I've been to Egypt, I've been to Thailand, Southeast Asia generally. Yeah. For, um, diving, even in Mexico, I've been diving. Mm-hmm. And oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Makes sense. And who's your most inspiring person, if you could pick one? Uh, I was thinking about it yesterday, you know, like who is the most inspiring and I would say this morning it would be my mother. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> that's sweet. Yeah. Yes. I, you know, like because I've got a lot of good value and good um, uh, quality that I inherit from her. So I'm very grateful. And I think, you know, my mother is such a, um, she's such a strong woman at the same time, the kindness, the most. Um, loving and forgiving person that I know. Mm-hmm. So he's just like fantastic. And if I want to say, you know, I I have her as my role model for being a good woman because you know she's when it's come to being good and how a woman should be, she is definitely up there for me your inspiration oh that's yeah. that's really lovely yeah, I, I love that answer. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's so sweet i love that so this is the end of the podcast now i just wanted to thank you so much for coming on as a guest you're such an inspiration and i find that anyone listening to this should be very inspired by your story and and how you came from humble beginnings and everything like that it's it's amazing it's truly remarkable and amazing thank you so much my dearest Thank you. All right.